Okay, first day back. Are we ready to leave? School shoes on? Check. Coats and bags? Check. Smile on Aoife's face? Check. Smile on Sean's face? Check. Huge smile on Mum's face? Oh, yes! Woohoo! Let's go! School bags and school shoes from Littlewoods, Ireland. Back to school victory celebration from Mum. From Nike to Clark's, find the back to school brands you love at littlewoodsireland.ie. I'm Gary. This is Austin. And we are Midwest Mics coming back at you live from the Uclick TV studios right here inside the High V Arena. Uh, it's another great week. Uh, took a week off last week, no show. Uh, and then we are back this week. Going to have another exciting show. Royals baseball is back. Uh, we, I watched most of the games all weekend long. Uh, I know you were uh, not able to watch most of them, but... Uh, no, anyway, I got a good week, good couple weeks. Yeah, I got to kind of keep track of them. I got to watch last night's game, which was awesome. They put up 14. That's the best one to watch. Put up 14. And so, you know, just as they were kind of critics were coming at them for not being able to hit real well, not putting up points, but they're only three, they were only three games in. So, yeah. you know, whatever. They put out 14, uh, which was nice to see. I thought the bullpen actually did a really nice job. Well, Montgomery gave off, gave off five, and you know, pretty quick. And then our bullpen came in and, and did a really nice job. So, what that was really nice to see too. Uh, Royals have had a really nice twelve hours. We we'll probably go ahead and talk about yeah the new owner, a new owner. Uh, new some mo- of you guys might recognize the name. Yeah. So he, so Patrick Mahomes became a, a part owner of the Royals. Uh, they they brought him in, and he's part of the ownership group now. We don't really know what the details are. But we do know he's the youngest guy to ever uh, be any kind of ownership group on the MLB team. Now, there was rumors about um, Travis Kelsey was uh, in part of A-Rod and J-Lo's bid uh, to buy the Mets. So, obviously, this is something that the guys have talked about as far as being a good investment, which it is. Um, so, Mahomes probably saw an opportunity and, and jumped on it, and I think – I mean, I think it's awesome. There's really probably no better investment you can make. We were talking right before. I was thinking that no team had lost value in the last 30 years, but actually, which team has lost value in the last 30 years? The Washington uh, football team. Washington football team, which makes a lot of sense because their owner is a fool. Yeah. Uh, so They're worth less now than when he bought them. <laughs> That's great. Which is crazy. That is in crazy. professional sport. That is crazy. So we want to say, I, you know, my take on it is, 25 years old, and you're part owner of a, of a major league sports team. Uh, worst comes to worst, whatever you still have that. Like you'll have that. Forever. And you're the king of Kansas City, pretty much. So like that guy, everything he touches goes to gold right now. Next up is uh, get him a spot in sporting. What the heck? Let's go. Yeah. So, so anyways, I thought that I, was pretty cool. So I, I keep saying World Series, and I'm gonna say it now. It's we're gonna have that 60 game. Uh, uh, playoff plus playoff World Series. Uh, now that we got Mahomes, yes, you've been. I know you've been calling it from the get go that the Royals are going to do it. It was out of fun before, but I think you know when whatever Mahomes touches, uh, it's gold, right? Yes, pretty absolutely. much. So I mean, it's it's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. So pretty cool. All right, um, so that's just a couple of little news and notes. Obviously, Royals being two and two, we can talk more about that, uh, you know, here in a little bit. But uh, we'll w- welcome in our guest at this time. Jason West, he is the communications director for the Missouri State High School Activities Association, or MISHA uh, for short. They released their plan for fall sports on July 15th, so not too long ago, and we wanted to have him on to kind of talk through that. We know a lot of 
coaches and, and players and parents watch our show on the Missouri side here in the Kansas City metropolitan area. So some questions have, have been raised. And so Jason's been kind enough to join us and kind of talk about that plan a little bit. So welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks, guys, for having me on. And and as a Dallas Cowboy diehard fan, I, I also want to thank you for leading off the show, bad-mouthing the Washington football team. That, that's <laughs> a great job right there. Well, if you did, did you know that Gary – I mean, I know Gary's wearing a Chiefs hat today because he kind of married into the Chiefs, but this guy to my left <laughs> is probably the most the, one of the most diehard Cowboys fans I know. I mean, we're yeah. talking like he's a big – he's a big – he's trying to switch hats now. Yeah, see. He's big. He My was hat here in studio that I keep. This guy was still a diehard during the Dave Campo years. So, I mean, you know, we're talking like this loyal fan right here. Oh, ni- 1973, baby. Here we go. That's okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Jason, um, Jason, I, I used to be a Dallas Cowboy fan until they treated the, one of the best owners – and uh, coaches, not owners, but the best owners, or the best coach, I think, in uh, early football, the way Jerry Jones treated a, the great coach in Dallas. Now, I didn't say I was a Jerry Jones fan. I said I'm a diehard <laughs> Dallas Cowboy fan. Yeah, so loyal to the there star. There is a line I'm, there. I'm going to bring Jerry yeah. Jones into, into Misha Sports and let you handle him uh, from a media standpoint. <laughs> you ready for that one? Cool. <laughs> Yeah, that, so. that would make the job a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah, so um, why don't you talk a little bit about your background um, and then how you got to your current position and kind of what you do as the communications director for an organization um, that, that wide reaches such as Misha. Uh, well, kind of a, a synopsis of life history, I learned at an early age that uh, I would certainly make a lot more money talking about sports than I would playing it. So in in high school, I was the uh, PA guy, the, the play-by-play guy, uh, and all the way through college, uh, started out in sports information at the small college level and uh, eventually worked my way up to the University of Tulsa, where I was there for uh, about 10 years before coming to Missouri and, and joining the Activities Association. If, uh, if, you can, uh, if anybody out there watching can name the mascot for the University of Tulsa, um, we'll give you a, a hat or something. <laughs> there you go. Um, and you were when you were at Tulsa, uh, I think Jim was mentioning before that, that you crossed paths with a, a pretty uh, famous guy around here, Bill Self. I did. Uh, I had the uh, the great fun of uh, working with Coach Self in his uh, final year at Tulsa. Uh, we made an elite run, an elite eight run in uh, men's basketball. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Did you ever did you ever uh, run communications for games at the old convention center, or were you always at the what's the new arena there called? Uh, Reynolds Center, I think, or. The, the Reynolds Center was uh, already built, and uh, they were playing their games on campus uh, at the Reynolds Center when I started. Uh, however, I have done uh, events at the convention center downtown uh, with the NAIA and, and some of those type things. Awesome. So uh, as the communications director you know, for an organization like Misha, what, what is kind of your day-to-day like? 
Uh, well, there's uh, a lot of phone calls, uh, a lot of emails, uh, just answering questions and uh, making sure everyone's on the same page, uh, if you will. Uh, we, we do have some new people on staff that have kind of taken over the, the social media aspect. So just uh, more of a monitoring of, of those mediums now, uh, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, so that's that's a lot. It. it It's one of those that there really isn't a, a typical day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have a, a 10 item to do list in the morning. And when you get home, those same 10 items are there. Uh, but. Uh, you know, you've had a full day, and, and so that certainly keeps you on your toes. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people don't, you know, think about all the behind-scenes stuff that has to happen, you know, for all the different Misha events across the state. And, I mean, obviously a lot of people think of the athletic side of it, but, you know, kind of mm-hmm. the, the drama and band and, and those other activities fall under the umbrella as well. That, that's very true, and, and we're one of 26 uh, state associations that are actual activity associations. We, we, we have sports. We also have activities, like you said, speech, debate, theater, music, uh, scholar bowl, and then uh, we also have some other kind of emerging activities that, that may eventually end up uh, being full-fledged championship-level events uh, like chess, bass fishing, uh, target shooting is uh, another one. Yeah, have has there been any talk about adding esports? There has, and actually, this past uh, winter at our area meetings every January, as well as on the annual questionnaire in February, uh, there were some topics uh, about esports and uh, what its popularity might be, and actually, it was added uh, to the emerging activity list uh, this okay. past year by the by the uh, membership on the ballot so uh, that that's on the emerging activity list too i would say that makes sense too because i've actually seen it and i can't name the colleges but it's, i've seen some colleges are actually doing like it's not anything major i think they're doing like minor scholarships for esports um because you're seeing some yeah. of these uh some big money roll into into esports some former basketball players like uh, i know rick fox from way back with the lakers he's a heavy investor some of these other guys so it's actually and then when you look at youtube and and the twitch and all that stuff and all the money that generates it only makes sense to kind of bring that down to a level uh to where these guys want to start doing that you know in school it's crazy i mean it's crazy to me um i think it's really cool um real quick walk us through now i know it's probably something maybe you don't want to you want to get it out of your brain but walk us through (laughs) um some of the decision making that was made uh to shut down uh, some of the sports uh, back in March, just kind of how how was that? Well, you know, we we were in Springfield already uh, and, and monitoring the situation, uh, trying to come up with a way that we could finish the tournament all the way through all classes. Uh, and I had a meeting with uh, the local health department there uh, the morning of that we we're supposed to start the class one, two, and three games. And uh, found out that, uh, you know, they had been given some new information as well and, and felt that we needed to take a little bit of a turn in, in the direction we were going uh, and uh, start limiting the number of fans. Uh, they didn't necessarily give us the full information they had at that time uh, because they uh, they really couldn't. 
but uh, strongly suggested that we take a look at how many people that uh, were coming in to the arena and participating in the event. Uh, so at that point, uh, we made the decision to uh, say 150 fans per school, uh, per team, because we did have a, a school that had both boys and girls there. And uh, luckily, uh, we're able to get that message out quickly to the schools, and, and the schools were great about implementing that plan and, and how they were going to take care of it on their end. Uh, we did have some schools that were driving in at, at that time because they had about a six-hour drive from the northwest part of the state. But uh, even uh, getting hold of them and, and them implementing their plan for that day, uh, it was really amazing to watch uh, how well that worked out. Uh, and then moving into the next weekend, we were hoping to get the class four and five uh, still in. And, and we're planning on that, even met with the teams on Sunday. I had a couple of conference calls with them to get information out and, and give them a, a, a basically a schedule of events as, as we had planned. Uh, and then uh, Monday morning, more information came in and uh, we, we had to make the call that uh, we, we couldn't do it. Well, you guys were one of the few uh, uh, sports going on around the whole country that day, um, that, that, thir- that Saturday, the 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, college was pretty much done. Uh, pros were pretty much done by that point. Um, I know Gary and I called all the games at uh, Blue Springs, that uh, state quarterfinal over there, and Mm -hmm. we had somewhere around 30,000 viewers, which was unreal for what we normally get during playoffs. Um, And uh, did you take any any, – did you get any criticism for still going after, especially your neighbor just to the uh, west of you, Kansas, already shut down? Yeah. we get criticism on, on everything, no matter <laughs> what, what it is. So, uh, yeah, that, that's nothing new, but there, there was some, some negative feedback, uh, you know, uh, especially people that were outside of, uh, the tournament and, uh, and, and saw the NHL and uh, all the other, you know, the NBA, uh, closing up, uh, closing up games. And, and that, especially that Saturday with the quarterfinals going on, uh, across the state, uh, and the, the championship games taking place there in Springfield, uh, it, it was very nerve-wracking in that we were – any time the phone rang, okay, this is the phone call from the health department saying we have to send everybody home right now. And uh, we, we were afraid we were going to have to have that moment when uh, Kevin Garner, our uh, administrator for basketball, is walking out on the court as someone's taking a shot and, uh, and shutting everything down. But – Fortunately, we were able to uh, make it through and, and didn't have any uh, anything go wrong or, or anyone get sick uh, from that. And so uh, that that was the good part. Uh, but, yeah, we, we did get some, some negative feedback. But on the same side, there was a lot of positive feedback, especially from the parents and, and the coaches uh, of the athletes that were able to at least uh, have some closure to their season. Yeah, I know, you know, from – an athletic standpoint and a coach's standpoint. I mean, you know, you, you work hard all year to compete for that title. And, you know, e- either way you guys went, like you said, you were going to get criticism. But I enjoyed having those games and 
you know, I think it was, I think we had 30 fans per team at, at those quarterfinal mm-hmm. games, you know, something, it was very small, but, you know, I think those fans got a really unique experience and I know it was unique for uh, Jim and I to be there and, and to call those games. And, you know, we, we kind of had the feeling like this is really going to be it for these teams, even though nothing official had came out yet, but with everything mm-hmm. else shutting down and, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys were, probably in constant communication, like you said, with the health department and, and state officials saying, you know, hey, this is kind of where this thing is at. And, I mean, just what, what's going through your mind as, I mean, there's a thousand things going on. And, and I mean, you guys want these student athletes to be able to finish their season. I, I know nobody's taking that lightly. And, you know, so just kind of what's going through your mind as, as all that's happening. You know, the the – probably the least of the concern was uh, how do I get this message out? Uh, because as, as soon as we tell one person, uh, you know, especially in today's social media atmosphere, uh, it's, it spreads like wildfire. So uh, fortunately that was the least of our concern was, was how do we get this message out? But uh, the, the, the biggest concern was uh, what is, what, what impact it's going to have on, on the students and coaches, uh, you know, cause this is uh, for, for many of them is a, a once in a lifetime, uh, you know, uh, event mm-hmm. and uh, trying to make uh, as many positive memories of their high school experience is, is one of our goals. And, uh, you know, having to cancel a game while they're in the tunnel or, uh, you know, while it's going on is, is, you know, how detrimental is that going to be? But fortunately, everyone uh, connected with the schools and, and the teams that were in Springfield and, and even the class four or five teams that uh, were able to advance uh, and, and not play, uh, you know, worked with us very well and uh, did not have any issues. Well, that that's good. Um, you know, so moving moving kind of forward from that, you know, after kind of everything's been shut down, it's been decided, you know, we're not going to have fall sport or, um, excuse me, winter sports championships. Um, and then, you know, you guys immediately were making decisions on spring sports. You know, how was the, the transition and kind of what was your timetable for that? Well, we, we wanted to wait as long as we could to gather as much information as we can. Uh, and and not make a a snap decision right okay well since we didn't have we couldn't finish basketball season we're not going to be able to finish anything else Uh, and and that was not the attitude we we wanted to take into it Uh, we wanted to get as much information uh, from the state level uh, as well as uh, the local levels and and things like that Uh, unfortunately at that same time uh, as basketball we had music festivals going on uh, at the district level. And we also had speech and debate and theater events going on at the district level. And so we started seeing those, uh, those hosts of those events, uh, which many of were at a small college or a larger high school that was now closing uh, down and and closing its doors. So uh, the, those events had to be canceled because there wasn't a place to host them. And uh, that, that kind of laid the groundwork of when we had to cancel music and uh, the state speech and debate 
championships uh, because we couldn't necessarily finish the district level for people to advance to the state level. Uh, but we still that gave us some time for the uh, Scholar Bowl, which is the the third in line of those activities that happen in April, uh, and still waited as long as we could uh, before we had to make that decision, and then ultimately with the uh, the full spring season. Yeah, I know that you know because it was I don't remember the exact timetable, but I know spring sports were you know, kind of getting ready to, to start or had started and had a few practices maybe. But, you know, I mean, this the, the corona thing, when, when it started, I mean, I don't think – I mean, I, I know I didn't personally think that we'd still be dealing with it to the level that we are, you know, here a few days shy of August. And so, what well, I mean, did you guys immediately kind of go – we need to come up with something for the fall just in case, or was it, you know, were you guys like, let's maybe think about this. Let's start jotting ideas down. Kind of when did those conversations start happening uh, around the offices? Well, once, once the decision was made on, on the spring events and, and not being able to have those uh, you know, after a, a few days of, answering questions of what's allowed, what's not allowed, how long are we going to do this? Uh, then basically the that transitioned into the fall and those discussions started happening you know, pretty much right away. And, and we've been having those discussions since April and uh, coming up with all the different contingency plans. You know, one of the, the hardest things, though, is once you come up with a plan, waiting a month for to implement that plan and, yeah. and everything changes in between that time. So, uh, you know, we've had several different, uh, different plans that could be implemented. Uh, lots of discussions continue to have discussions with the board of directors on how we want to advance and uh, just trying to gather as much information as possible before making any final decisions. Yeah. And I mean, how difficult is it to kind of, you know, have to come up with a plan for the entire state. I mean, because some counties, you know, obviously are smaller, so they're going to have smaller numbers of Corona just because of that, you know, more rural. Obviously, you know, your Kansas City, St. Louis, Springfield areas, you know, your larger metro areas are going to have bigger numbers. And so, I mean, how, how difficult was that for you guys to try to take all that into account and Remember, hey, we got some smaller counties, too, that are probably not going to be as affected as much as, you know, our, our cities. And that, that is a difficult, uh, you know, difficult task and a big hurdle to, to overcome, making a, a blanket statement that will cover. You know, at one time uh, I've checked and there were 23 different county health orders uh, across the state uh, and that may or may not include any specific for the city. For example, in Boone County, uh, Columbia has a mask ordinance, but it's not a countywide ordinance. It's only for the city limits of Columbia. So uh, you, you have to deal with that. So uh, you know, being able to say, you know, the, the easy thing is to say to cover the across the board, uh, we just shut everything down and, and not let anybody participate. But how fair is that for those schools and, and those students that 
uh, are, are in a county or are in an area of the state that are, is not as affected by the, the current virus as, uh, you know, even in, in Boone County, you have Columbia schools, but then you have Hallsville and Southern Boone and Sturgeon. And, uh, you know, there's several other uh, schools that aren't in Columbia that aren't as affected. And, and so, uh, you know, are, are those schools being punished by shutting everything down because of what's happening in uh, certain other parts of the state? Jason, uh, you know, you guys are at the high school level, and it seems like the high school level mm-hmm. is making um, or is are making decisions differently than the small college, medium college, D two, D one. What is the difference between those organizations and say a high school organization? I mean, because it seems to be the 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 like the NCA and the D two, they're making more it seems like um widespread decisions where you're more it sounds like leaving it up to the local schools and communities we are and one of uh one of the differences is at the high school level you're really talking about team schools within your state uh on a collegiate level even at the small college level at the division two, division three NAI levels, you're, you're still talking about across the country. And so, you know, schools in California are, are dealing with schools in Florida are, are dealing with hotspots and, and major issues with the coronavirus. Whereas, uh, you know, smaller schools in Kansas and Missouri uh, are, are not seeing as much activity around the, the virus as those but they still have to play each other at various times. And so it's much easier to, to say, okay, as a conference, we're not doing that. And, and I believe what are there, uh, you know, at least 11 division two conferences now that have announced they're going to delay the start of their fall activities or, or even not play fall sports. Uh, at the high school level though, there's a, you're a lot more concentrated to within your state. And so it's easier to see where your hotspots are and, and who's available to participate and who's not. Uh, one of the other obstacles that you have at the high school level that is different than even the small college level is at high school, there's a lot more multi-activity students. Uh, you, you have your, a baseball player that also runs track, even though they're both in the spring, or you have your football player playing football in the fall and may wrestle in the winter and then play baseball or run track and field in the spring. Or you have a volleyball player that may even play softball in the fall or play volleyball in the uh, fall and spring softball in, in the spring or, you know, and, and throw basketball there in the middle. So you have a lot more students that participate in more than just one specialized sport or one specialized activity. Uh, you also have a, a lot more activities in conjunction with high school uh, like school plays, uh, you know, they, they may be a music person, so they have concerts that they wouldn't necessarily be involved with at the college level. Uh, so th- there's a lot more events that uh, are on a, a student's calendar at the high school level, especially right now. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about the, the multi-sport athlete, I mean, especially at your, your smaller schools, I, I know that that's tough to deal with. And I know, 
some colleges, you know, like junior colleges already said they, they're going to kind of flip their fall and spring seasons. You know, was that a discussion point with, with you guys about flipping football to the spring and maybe playing baseball in the fall because of the, the contact and it's more spread out? And if so, how serious were those discussions? Uh, we have had those discussions and have talked about things like that. Uh, you know, right now, there's nothing that's been wiped completely off the table, uh, you know, but one of the things that to consider about completely switching fall and, uh, and spring is, okay, that would be great for football and uh, being, you know, it, that's considering if the virus is, uh, you know, contained by the spring and then you would be able to have a fall, a full football season. However, if moving baseball to the fall, uh, that puts those baseball players in jeopardy of losing two seasons now, mm-hmm. because if, if another outbreak uh, happens later in the, in the fall, like many experts have said we're looking at, then now they run the risk of losing two championship seasons. Yeah. And, and so is, is that going to be fair to, to those students who, uh, you know, play play those sports as well, or those spring activities that uh, would move up into the fall, and now they're losing two two years of uh, participation. So th- those are some of the things that uh, had to take the, the board of directors took into consideration uh, when putting our plans together. Has has huddles been brought up at all for football? I mean, I mean, I know. When you're tackling somebody, you're not face-to-face, but when you're in a huddle, you're face-to-face. Has that been brought up at all? Uh, you know, those are, are some of the things that, that have to be considered. Uh, you know, not just, you know, huddles on every play, but, uh, you know, one of the recommendations is, uh, especially for football, is extending those timeouts and those quarter breaks uh, to allow for social distancing. Uh, you know, it, now is it going to be real conducive to have your football huddle where everybody's six feet apart, trying Ear to you know, yeah, Ear, uh, you know, now now with the spread offenses and and all of the uh, the sprint offenses that are out there now, maybe it's a lot easier to run those no huddles, but uh, you know, those are some of those considerations that that have to be taken in. Yeah, the. You know, the, the point you brought up about the, the switching the seasons, you know, kind of to, to flip back to that, uh, you know, also the, the point that I was always worried about with that is, you know, in, in high school, if, if we play football in the spring and then we're going to play again that following fall, I mean, what do you do, take a week off in the summer? And, I mean, that, that's a lot of, you know, banging on a, a young kid's body, uh, you know, kind of back-to-back seasons there. You know, and I mean, so that's something else that you guys, um, you know, and other boards that are making these decisions have to think about, you know, what, what are you going to do then when it comes time for the next fall? What are the rules going to be, you know, as far as summer workouts and, and how much can you hit in the summer after you've just had a season in the spring? And, you know, so, I mean, I mean, it's just it's a lot more than just saying, hey, let's just flip the seasons and roll. Yeah, there's a and you know one one model that has been out there that you know some other state associations have already adopted is not necessarily flipping everything, uh, but uh, kind of having a hybrid 
condensed season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in, instead of starting right back in the fall, uh, maybe starting late fall with your winter seasons in, in basketball and wrestling or you know, anything else you play in the winter. And then in the early spring, starting with your fall activities and basically pushing back your spring activities uh, a month or two and having them maybe finish up later uh, okay. in June, early July. And that way you still are able to have uh, all of your things. And, and there's not as much overlap there as just flipply switching uh, fall and spring or having fall and spring at the same time. Yeah. The, I mean, I know too, like California, I saw they're going to play football, you know, like in December and January. And I mean, obviously here in Missouri, that is not really an option for us <laughs> playing football outdoors in Missouri. Yeah. Not, not in January and February. That's for sure. No. Gary, um, Gary said he's not going to coach if that happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't like to be cold, so I don't. I don't know if I could make it through through those months coaching. I, I think the yeah, participation you, you could, numbers would be down a little bit too. You couldn't even stay warm in the press box. No. Um, but you you guys have released a a plan. Uh, you know, as far as like I said, the the fall sports season goes, fall activities um, season. I'm sure that you know that's. Uh, kind of a fluid document, as you said, you know, you you guys are always looking at everything and I mean, but it's a plan so that teams can have an idea. And, you know, as of right now, I know, I know football wise, August 10th is kind of that start date that everybody's looking for. And you guys plan to, to just kind of roll and, and play the season as close to a normal as we can right now. Is that kind of, am I reading that document right? That that's our, our current plan as of two two thirty on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, they the uh, fall for fall sports the practices could start on August tenth. Uh, that's uh, Monday, and then a, a couple of weeks later, with uh, competitions could begin on the twenty eighth, uh, with uh, uh, possibly announcing the the classifications and district assignments on the twenty first right before the competitions begin. Uh, but uh, as we said, we're still discussing with the board uh, on what we need to do moving forward. Uh, you know, and, and there, there still could be more delays in that, but that's where, what we're moving with right now as of uh, today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and one thing that I've seen and kind of got a, a lot of Twitter action this this last couple of weeks is with if a school is going to open you know with an online only option uh that mm-hmm. they're you know they're not then eligible for any misha activities have has it been discussed to change that with with more schools kind of maybe leaning that way it, that that's been a discussion item all, all the way through and one of the, the, the biggest rationale there is if the school district and, and school feels that it's not safe enough to have in-person learning, then as an extension of the educational process that extends to any practices, be it volleyball, be it football, be it baseball, be it softball, then, uh, you know, if, it's, if you feel it's not safe to have in-person classes, then it's also not safe to have in-person practices. So uh, 
that uh, if a school has any type of in-person offerings, uh, be it a, a hybrid model where uh, the, the parents or the student can choose either online or, or in-person learning, uh, there's still that in-person option. And, okay. and so the, the schools could participate. Uh, at that point, it would be an individual school's decision on whether or not those students choosing the online only or the virtual only uh, option if if they would be eligible at, at their local level. Uh, okay. But so, uh, but yeah, right, those so. those discussions continue to continue to evolve and uh, uh, may that that may be one of the, the changes, if any, that, that come yeah. about. Um, so that that was one thing I I had I guess misunderstood. So if there is a in school option, but the student opts to go online, either their parents you know don't want them in the building all day or or whatever the case may be, they they are still eligible as long as that in person option is offered. They, they could be, and okay. unfortunately. Our, our staff can't say, yes, that student is eligible because the local school may have a, a policy okay. uh, dealing with absentee. You know, the, the policy may be in roots of dealing with as, absenteeism uh, or, you know, a skip day to be able to play on Friday night, that type thing. Okay. Uh, so if, if a local school may have something that's more restrictive, uh, saying that the student is not eligible at their school, but, uh, but yes, they, the student could be eligible yeah. if they choose the, the virtual option. So if they, are, if they are ineligible, then that ruling is not coming from Misha. It's coming from the local school. Correct, yeah. Okay. I, 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 I think yeah. this was KY3, Jason. I, I saw this. I think it was out of a Springfield. Um, that was one of the points that um, Gary was going to clear up. Um, the one I had an an- a question for on is uh, they kind of took these the two points out of the whole press release you just put out last week or a week and a half ago, whenever it was. And the other one is if an athlete or coach tests positive for COVID-19, those in close contact to them are to be excluded from practice and play for two weeks. Um, can you go a little deeper on that? <laughs> Well, that and that's not necessarily specifically to our uh, guidance. That that guidance is in a lot of other places as well, from the CDC, from the state of Missouri. Any time that you come in contact uh, with uh, someone that has COVID, the the first recommendation is to quarantine for 14 days. Uh, to make sure you don't have any symptoms yourself or, uh, you know, if you if you do get symptoms that you're not passing along the, the virus. So that's uh, that's kind of where that one came from. But what are the likelihoods of that uh, that wiping out a whole team? I mean, uh, what what considers in close contact or in contact? Well, that, I, I believe the, that definition is kind of within six feet, uh, you know, for an extended period of time of, of more than 15 minutes, uh, you know, and, and those percentages are, are going to also be dictated on, uh, you know, are both people wearing masks uh, or is one versus the other or neither uh, and, and those type of other environmental differences uh, would, would play into that as well. Uh, you know, someone that, uh, you know, on, on Monday doesn't have any symptoms 
on Tuesday morning, they get up and, okay, yeah, my, my stomach's a little off, but I don't have a fever. I don't have any of these other ones. Well, by Wednesday, now I have a fever. Now I have this uh, in conjunction with the other symptoms. So I've been at practices for two days, breathing all over everyone without a mask that I, I may have been contagious. Yeah, uh, one question we had also was about the um, taking the temperatures before practice. Um, how is that going to be – is that regulated anyway, or is that just you guys pass the word on and it's up to the schools to to regulate that themselves, or how does that work? Um, the the strongest the, – the, uh, I say the strongest recommendation, I, I mean actually the one of the actual requirements uh, that was in that guidance – was that each school should have a person that is in charge of their screening process, that there's one person that, that do, is able to document uh, the, the screening process, take in that information, uh, kind of be the, the gatekeeper of that. And if, if you do have to have contact tracing or, or anything like that, now you, there's one person that, that has that information and is able to, uh, to uh, implement that if needed. And so uh, many schools were already in the midst of, of summer practices, have already had plans uh, put in place of uh, having smaller groups of social distancing in the workout areas or at practice uh, already have some sort of screening process uh, that uh, was put in place for their summer activities. So this is just more of an extension uh, of what they were already doing. Yeah, it, make, it makes sense too. It makes sense, you know, to have one person doing it. Uh, a lot of workplaces have uh, do kind of the same type of deal. Where mm-hmm. I've seen where they actually have hired people, and their specific job is just to uh, test people. Going, my wife works cardiology, and so they actually hired somebody. And literally, their job their job for eight hours a day is to sit there and take temps of everybody coming in the building, whether that's patients or doctors or nurses. So, um, so I think that makes a lot of sense. So, that good plan. Um, yeah, and, and and the schools can can break that up too. Uh, you know, if, especially where you have practices that may not be on site. Uh, you know, your softball team may have to practice at the the city park when your volleyball team is in the gym, and and so your coordinator can't necessarily be at, at both places at one time. So uh, you know, they may be able to give that information to the coordinator, and and they have it in their central location. Uh, you know, and in some schools are having. Uh, the parents or the students take their temperature at home before they even leave. Uh, and then once they get there, they communicate what their temperature was or, or any other uh, information that they need to give to the school. Well, we all appreciate, I mean, this is kind of like um, when it, the normal um, problem that you probably deal with is having to become a weather person um, during bad weather season uh, this this kind of is replacing that and hopefully we don't have to go through this as often as we do the weather but here's a question for you are th- are there any plans for modifying playoffs so there are opportunities for state awards there there are lots of plans <laughs> uh, but uh, right right now Everything is is on the, the timeline that, that we have had in the past. But, uh, you know, even today we're having those discussions of 
you know, do we you know, need to push back uh, the the start date of everything? You know, Kansas, uh, the governor in Kansas pushed back the start date of all activities and everything to September 8th. Uh, you know, if, if we push back, do we then basically lose those four weeks and, and start on eighth and continue on with the same timeline or, you know, how, uh, you know, how pushing back uh, would, would evolve. Uh, Cause the other consideration of when we make those decisions to say, okay, we're going to start the season September 8th, which is four weeks later. Now do we push back all of their championship dates from where they are scheduled now? Uh, yes, we'll do that. Okay. Well, now we have to contact all of those venues along the way and say, okay, show me center. Uh, you're, you're scheduled to host our volleyball championships on this date. Uh, can you still host them four weeks later? Uh, you know, the, the venues that uh, host the district tournaments, uh, you know, can, can you still host it four weeks later? The, those type of things would then have to be answered as well. So there's a lot of little things that go along with the big questions. Well, yeah. And this is, this is one I just thought of during that is what if there are hot spots in your, your planned, uh, you know, where uh, your contracts that you have with uh, different sites for, for postseason play. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, Gary, you know, there's another one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you definitely, cause then again, you know, I, I know football-wise, your championships typically are taking place right around Thanksgiving. And, you know, so then if you're pushing those back four weeks, you know, then again, we're running into the weather issues in December that we, we could have, you know, here in, in Missouri. So it's, you know, it's there's a lot more that that goes into it than just saying, oh, yeah, we can just push everything back a month. Yeah, and, and if everybody was running the wishbone, then playing December football wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, exactly. But I'm surprised uh, you even mentioned that. Aren't you a state fan? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I am as neutral as they come. The uh, so w- one thing I saw too uh, in the document was about you know so trying to social distance on the bus during travel. So d- does that mean that teams will take? more buses, uh, you know, so that it kind of be one person to every other seat, you know, how, how, um, what, what kind of expectations do you guys have there? And that's, that's going to be a, a difficult one for the schools, uh, especially ones that may have to travel further. Uh, you know, uh, an example that, that comes straight to mind is uh, West Plains, which is a, a larger school down in, in south central part of the state, just above the Arkansas line. Uh, you know, they're a, a class four, class three school in, in many sports, but the schools around them that are you know, within an hour traveling distance are class one and, and class two. So uh, especially playoff time, they're having to drive an hour and a half. Uh, Rolla would be another example. Uh, most of their conference opponents are in Springfield, an hour and a half away. So, uh, you know, their their travel just to play a game is a little bit more difficult than uh, uh, you know a lone jack going to Adrian or, or something like that, uh, or even in the the metro area when when Staley plays Lee Summit West. You know, a lot of people drive themselves. There, there may not necessarily be a, a team bus 
going uh, in that direction. But uh, especially for the, the schools that, that do have to travel a lot more, that's going to be a, a big hurdle that they will have to figure out. Either they may have to limit their team size or uh, take uh, an extra bus to accommodate that. What are you talking about teams that got to travel a far distance to play schools their size? Um, you know, I think it sounds like, um, you know, the smaller schools are probably going to have the more easier time getting things in, but there's going to be bigger schools in smaller areas that, you know, have to travel. What about forfeit? I mean, have you, have you, I mean, there's another thing you're going to have forfeits this year. How are you going to handle that? And, and it's going to depend on when it is and what the situation is. Uh, what we're telling schools, uh, if, if there is an issue where uh, say a team is quarantined, and, and can't play, the, the whole team is out, uh, then in, in most of those cases, we will probably consider that a, a no game and, and would not be considered a forfeit. However, if uh, there is a team uh, that can compete, but the team that is coming into the area is uh, worried about a hot spot or, or worried about travel, then there, there may be a uh, scenario where that would be considered a forfeit. Uh, then one of the questions that uh, we dealt with early on, uh, no matter what, what happens during the playoffs if a team is now quarantined or comes down with something? Well, uh, in order to keep the, the progression and, and the flow going for those playoffs, then at that point it would have to be considered a, a forfeit. Uh, we did see some examples of that in Iowa this summer. They were able to get there. They, they normally play softball and baseball in the late spring, early summer uh, to begin with. So they actually only delayed their seasons about two weeks. Uh, but they did have some teams that uh, had to be quarantined and, and could not participate in the postseason because their quarantine de- timelines uh, butted up or extended into the playoffs and they, they couldn't play those first round games. Well, the bottom line is, is there's not going to be very much normal to, to, to 2020, uh, 20, 2021 school year. <laughs> yeah, it's all going that, to kind that's of be, very true. that's all going to be kind of uncharted territory when it comes to games. Uh, are we having coaches and refs both wear masks during games or is that a requirement? I'm, if it's in there, I'm, I might've missed it. So, uh, would you be able to clar- clarify that for us? That, that is part of the guidance document uh, that uh, you know, we're strongly recommending that any personnel that, that is not involved in the activity uh, be in a mask. Uh, that could be an umpire in the, in the base paths. Uh, that could be uh, a side judge for, uh, for soccer uh, running up and down the sidelines. Uh, any bench personnel, uh, you know, teammates that are, are on the bench and not in the game or in the action, uh, you know, uh, now, you know, for soccer example, the, the middle official is, is running up and down and, you know, I think on average they run about five miles a game yeah. uh, in, in those situations, you know, they, they wouldn't be in a mask. Same with the actual players that are on the field during the action. Uh, but the, the subs and, and the people on the bench area uh, would be in a mask. Gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, the the governor of Kansas uh, 
Laura Kelly is talking about possibly taking us back down to phase two next Monday. Um, what does phase what what does phase two and phase three um, look like? Well, that was that was one thing that uh, you know we, we wanted to kind of keep to a minimum of of the phase 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 uh, uh, thing, uh, you know, because it, it's going to change based on locale. And so, uh, you know, if, if you're able to have this, then you can do this. Uh, and uh, so we, we tried to limit the, the phaseology uh, terminology as, as much as possible and uh, make it more to if your local health officials allow for this, then you you can allow for this. Um, so with, with kind of the mask thing, uh, you know, just – to clarify so i mean football i think is kind of the hardest one to social distance with just because you know we do have a, a box area where you know some teams have over 100 players you know other teams obviously they might have you know 15 or 20 players so that'll be easier uh, you know or is there going to be any extension to that box area to help with the social distancing or is it just Every kid on the sideline it, it, that's not in the game is going to be wearing a mask, so then they have to take that off under their helmet or whatever before they go in. Or, I mean, kind of what what does that look like in in your mind? Uh, there there have been actually some rules modifications uh, that have come from the NFHS uh, to uh, you know many of the the fall sports. Uh, you know, masks would be one of them. One of the things that uh, you know would be allowed is if a team has the the uh, some people call them gator masks or the gaither uh, de- that you wear around your neck and you can pull up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we, we've had a number of schools asking about that. That uh, you know, can we get these that have a logo on them or in our school colors? And, and you know, would they be within the uniform rules? Uh, things like that. So, and, you know, that, that's a possibility for, for teams to have to cover the, the face mask or the face covering uh, rules. Uh, one of the modifications for football, uh, like I said earlier, was maybe extending timeouts or quarter breaks to two minutes uh, to allow for that, uh, you know, the, the team to come over. And, you know, since everybody is also going to hopefully have their own water bottle, that's going to take them more time to, to get uh, things like that. Uh, but uh, one in particular in football, like you said, the, the team box area currently measures from the 25 yard line to the 25 yard line. Uh, one of the modifications is extending that to the 10 and 10 uh, to allow for those teams to, to spread out. I'm sure there are going to be some officials that aren't going to like those coaches coming all the way down to the 10 though. <laughs> <laughs> There's some officials that don't like them getting past the 45s. So. <laughs> no. Uh, Sounds it, like you're, you're dealing with Mc, Jim McMahon rules from the 1980 bears with all this. So you, this is allowed. That's allowed stuff. Uh, hopefully we don't get to that point on a regular basis. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to minimize this is allowed and that's not allowed, but uh, yeah. you know, we, we can't help ourselves. Um, kind of one thing too, is I saw you guys, you tiered the personnel, um, you know, kind of tier one is, is, you know, your, your participants and the coaches or, or sponsors and, you know, um, officials, you know, security personnel, basically your, your people that have to be there to run an event. Uh, and then, you know, T1 
tier two is is any media that may be covering the event, and then tier three would be fans. And from if if I was reading it correctly, you're kind of leaving that up to the local schools to decide if they're going to, you know, just allow in tier one or tier one and two or allow all three, right? That, that is correct. And, and what that was for is if a school is in an area that does have limitations on the number of people that can be at a, a mass gathering, you know, say they're in a, a phase that only allows 50 people for a mass gathering, they're going to have to decide what 50 people come in, uh, you know, and say it's a, a volleyball match and, you know, you have 15 players on each team, you know, there's 30, you have two officials uh, then you also have a, a clock operator and a scoreboard operator, a scorebook person. Uh, you know, so you have your game ops people that, mm-hmm. that have to be there as well. That's going to cut into those 50 uh, people that can be there uh, to begin with. And so that's just to give the, the schools some guidance of considering this is what you need to have. Uh, you know, do, do most schools have 25 media members covering their contests? No. They don't, and, and we understand that. There, there may be one or two there, uh, you know, for some sports. You know, some radio stations cover softball. They cover volleyball. They cover football. Most of the time it's going to be with the, the football where you're going to have radio stations covering the event. Uh, but also with these new restrictions, uh, you, you may have people there that are being able to provide a live stream of the contest to provide that service for people that can't be there. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's going to eat into your 50 people as well. Uh, so that that's what the tiers are, are there for, just to give the schools a starting point of, okay, who, who do we have to have here? And, you know, when do we start allowing for, uh, for fans and, and things like that? And I know, uh, you know, you, you click TV has done a great job, you know, over the last few years of, covering these events and being able to live stream these events. So if there are any, any, you know, school personnel out there that are looking at this and saying, well, we, we don't feel it's safe to have masked fans, but we want to offer a streaming service. You know, you can get in touch with Jim Bly uh, and that's just Jim Bly at, at uclicktv.com. And, and, we, uh, and we do all about, sports, Gary. We, yeah. We, we, all sports. I mean, sports. I know you've done soccer and football and baseball, basketball, Jason, uh, softball, base, you know, everything. J- Jason, we're going to do that golf tournament someday soon. We are. We're going to do it. <laughs> I want to do a cross country and a golf. I think those would be two of the most challenging but interesting sports to cover. I, I've watched the uh, the relays in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, I can't remember what they call it, but that is phenomenal, the coverage they give that. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's And actually at the, the new course we use uh, for cross, the cross country championships in Columbia, uh, it, it was designed for Mizzou to be able to host, uh, you know, SEC championships, NCAA championships, and uh, as well as broadcasting those events. And, and that's something we're, we're looking forward to hopefully being able to implement at our championships as well. Because, uh, like you said, that, that's one of the ones that we really haven't been able to uh, expand our coverage to uh, just because of different layouts and things like that. But uh this this new course we're using was uh, that was one of the specific design elements was to be able to easily accommodate that yeah i think you know with 
the way the internet and the live streaming works, you know, if obviously everybody wants to play in front of fans, you know, it makes it a little more fun, but you know, with, with the live streaming options out there, you know, I mean, you click TV, like I said, they, they do a great job covering all sports. And, you know, if they're, you're not in the, the Kansas city area, you know, I'm sure if there is a, an option for that, that, uh, you know, Misha, you guys will work with those organizations to, to help get these schools some, some coverage during that time. Uh, yeah, that's, that's actually one of the discussions we're having. You know, as you know, we uh, partnered with Blue Frame Technology last year, and uh, they were able to help us producing uh, a lot of our championship content and, and hosting that on, on Misha.tv. And that's one of the, the programs we're going to be talking with athletic directors and schools at here uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks about the possibility of, of schools be providing content uh, for that as well, uh, especially if there are situations where uh, you know fans are, are not allowed or uh, there's a, a significant limit to the number of fans that can be at an event. Uh, yeah, Jason and and uh, Seth and, and all the guys over there doing great work uh, at Blue Frame. They've came in and uh, made your life, I think, a little more easier over the last couple of years with Blue Frame. Yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. And even though last year was our first year, uh, you know, our expectations uh, were were met early on. And, uh, you know, very excited about moving into year two and, and the different possibilities of what we're going to be able to do. Uh, you know, when, one thing that, that people don't consider, uh, they, they just assume that a high school is going to have uh, activities uh, is, you know, the schools still have to pay for that as well. Uh, even our budget here at the, the Misha office is uh, ma- the majority of our budget is, is predicated on ticket sales at postseason events. And if fans aren't allowed at, at events, even during the regular season, that's a revenue stream that, that schools use to pay for their programs. So uh, you know, coming up with alternative uh, revenue streams is also something that we're working on for our membership. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, that's where the help that the, the federal government and the Small Business Administration came in and really helped you guys, me, many others out. And uh, we're probably going to need mm-hmm. a little more help down the road, too, as well. Yeah, and, and they, they've also been able to, to help schools out uh, with, you know, the, a lot of their summer activities and, and being able to have the, the start of the, the school year in the fall. Yeah. And we, we did have a parent question come in on, on Facebook and, you know, she's going to have a sophomore that, that plays athletics in, in high school. And, you know, there's been different safety measures from, excuse me, like AAU organizations that, that have put in and, uh, you know, other states. Like you, you mentioned Iowa played some summer baseball, you know, which they typically do anyway. They usually start a little earlier. But um, what other organizations, you know, state organizations and activities associations have, have you guys been in contact with? to kind of run ideas by each other and say, Hey, or how are you guys going to handle this? Or what are you doing with this? And I mean, I'm sure those conversations have happened, but what are some of those states and organizations you guys have talked to? Well, actually there's been an awful lot. Uh, You know, there are 51 other state associations like Misha uh, with the Washington DC having an association as well for the 51st for, for those of the think my math is off, (laughs) but uh, you know, one of the, the, the good things of Dr. Erhan serving on the 
board of directors for the NFHS, and, and this year he'll be the president of, of that board, is, uh, you know, he has a, a lot of contacts across the country. So, uh, you know, we, we have been talking with uh, not just Kansas, not just Iowa, but uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, a lot of uh, basically all of the Midwest states uh, have been in tight communication. And as, as we always are uh, during any time, we share ideas back and forth. But, uh, you know, with, with his connections at the NFHS, uh, you know, that, that's also, uh, you know, branched out to other states that uh, we may normally not necessarily reach out to. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the New York Public High League, you know, the Hawaii Association, uh, West Virginia, some of Texas and UIL, uh, we, we've heard uh, from their office as well. So, you know, there's a, there's a number, we haven't contacted all 51 yet, but uh, we we've definitely contacted a lot of them. It's, it's a very unique, you know, situation all across the country. And um, you know, the, I know the, the NFHS, you know, maybe if, if somebody's not familiar, we've mentioned them several times here, but it's the national federation uh, for high school sports and, you know, they they kind of blanket rule, you know, kind of everything. And then when you guys get that information, then you make it specific for Missouri, uh, you know, to, to kind of break that down. Am I am I explaining that right for maybe somebody that's not familiar? No, that, that was right on it. The, the NFHS is uh, the, the national governing body. Uh, they're actually the, the rules writing body. So when you talk about high school football rules or high school basketball rules, the NFHS is the body that's, uh, that, uh, that has the, that, uh, you know, does the, does the rule writing for those sports. Now each state then may make their own accommodations or uh, there are some rules that are by state adoption. Uh, So, uh, you know, for basketball, for instance, uh, you know, I'm probably, uh, stirring up a hornet's nest here. I love that one. One, of, <laughs> one. One of the biggest topics uh, for basketball is the shot clock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, based on NFHS rules right now, you know, shot clocks were not allowed. Now states may adopt the uh, a shot clock. Uh, and, and if they do, uh, they, they basically forfeit their ability to be on the rules committees for that particular sport. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, the, that's where the NFHS steps in and, and works on the national level. Well, Jason, and, and you guys now have a, I can't remember the person's name, but in his position on the board or with Misha, but now you have somebody pretty high up in NFHS, right? Yeah. Well, Dr. Erhan, our executive director is president of the NFHS board of directors. And that probably helps you guys out tremendously have hey, it, it it has uh you know and and just like our office the nfhs office is always open to field questions from uh state associations and, and things like that but having uh, him serve on the board of directors the last three years that, that has certainly um kind of helped us get in when we do have questions uh you know we may be able to ask the sport administrator a question but then he can go to a board meeting and say, okay, is this really where the association, the NFHS needs to be headed? Nice. Well, we want to thank you for all the uh, great information that you've given us, especially when it comes to clearing up stuff. 
um, because you know sometimes we you know we read the rules and we're like oh I don't know if that's clear so you you know it's it's nice for you to come on and explain a lot of that stuff or you know any questions we had um, but I do have a big time question for you uh, it's uh, you know now I don't really know your ne- you guys are in Colombia right like yes okay now I, now I don't really know it that well besides MU but some people do so I need you to give me you guys have barbecue in Colombia. Like good barbecue. We do. Okay, what's the spot you go to? We do. What's the spot you uh, go to? Columbia Smoke and Fire. What's the best dish there? That uh, bird ends are really good. Hey, all right. Uh, the, the the ribs. Now that's that's a sit down place. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if if you if you don't need to have four walls around you, uh, I would highly recommend Big Daddy's. Big Daddy's. Big, Big Daddy's. Big Daddy's. That's uh, that's a uh, a uh, walk up. Uh, take it with you. Okay. It's like a food truck, home, or is it just truck. like a small, like a small little building type deal? It, it's it's one of those that's evolved from a, a food truck. It, okay. They they have they have a, a small building, but it's not a, a sit down in in a restaurant uh, type kind of, place. It's it's kind of like an old Dairy Queen building. Yeah, you know what, what you you know Dairy Queen Tasty Freeze. <laughs> yeah, that the, that actually sounds like the, a, a place where you could get really good barbecue because you know some people oh, yeah. would be turned off by the fact that you know you're not going inside a place. But you know I've learned sometimes those are the best places. Oh hey, yeah, the, the the best barbecue places are the ones that you have to tell people the health department says it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let me follow that food question up with another food question. You and I, you know, hey, spent a lot food of food questions all day long. <laughs> uh, you'll take those any, we can just do a whole show on food, right? Um, you and I spent a lot of time in Oklahoma. You're from there. I was raised there. Um, wh- wh- now Patrick Mahomes has gotten Whataburger to come to Kansas city. They say they're coming. We haven't seen it yet. Um, one, are you going to make the trip down uh, down to I seventy to Kansas City to pick up some Whataburger and two. How are we ever going to get Coney Islander and Brahms into Kansas City? Uh, yeah, I, I could care less if Coney Islander and Brahms come to Kansas City as long as they come to Columbia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, uh, the, the the Tulsa Coney Islander uh, especially that that would be terrific. I don't think they're a position to be able to expand that much, but uh, you know, Brahms, they, they have that dang uh, 250 mile rule that, uh, you know, if we could get them to break that freshness streak, then uh, we might be able to do that uh, or maybe set up another farm closer to Kansas city, maybe up in Northeast Oklahoma that that could work uh, instead of being in the central part of the state. Now, if it happens, Jason, it's coming to Kansas city, not Columbia. Well, you know, my, my wife always tells me there, there's two things that, that she wants to do, and that's is open up a Sonic on our side of town or get a Brahms. So <laughs> there you go. Happy wife, happy life, right? Yeah. So exactly. are, you, are you happy with when Patrick Mahomes? When I win the lottery, Mahomes? that's what I'm going to do. Are you, are you happy with Patrick Mahomes bringing a Whataburger to town if it happens? You know, I, I was happy when, when Patrick decided to get out of the state of Texas. Uh I, I am okay with with Waterburger, even though it's a, a Texas company. I, I would der- definitely make a trip to Kansas City for Waterburger. Nice. You know, I'm more of an in and out guy personally than Waterburger. 
you know, I wasn't <laughs> when I had it in Texas. I was I was not as impressed, but you know, hey, That's everything Mahomes right? touches in is out, gold. In, so in, 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 out, in, in and out is too. better in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty good. Now, now I, here's our Dallas have, Cowboy. I, I've only had one opportunity to have Waterburger in my life. And uh, I was with our softball team at TU in Fresno, California for a NCAA regional. And they left me at the softball field. Uh-oh. So I have not been able to uh, experience the water burger yet. Or I mean the in and out burger yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, in and out um, I, I think it's a better burger. But, you know, you, we could argue about that all day, I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm a food guy too, you know. As if you can't tell, I, I eat a lot. So here's the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, luckily you're only seeing me from the shoulders down. <laughs> here's the Dallas Cowboy question for you and Gary. Uh, when do you think the Dallas Cowboys will return to the Super Bowl? As soon as Jerry Jones sells the team. Hey, whoa, whoa, bold statement. Uh, I think that. If if Dak is as good as he is in his mind, they could do it this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah um, if he's, he's as good as he is in his mind, yeah. But if not, I think McCarthy could bring a championship to the Cowboys now that Jason Garrett's out of town. I was so done with him about five years ago. Uh, see, I, I, I've always been a Jason Garrett guy, uh, but I, I especially this past year, I, I finally saw the light and yeah. – saw that there was a, a lot of complacency there. And, and I think more than anything, the, the change, uh, I don't want to say change in direction, but change at the, in the leadership up top is, is going to fire some people up and, and hopefully get them over that hump. Yeah, I hope so. You know, I, we've done, I don't know, roughly around 130 episodes, something like that, and probably on 110 of them. I was hashtag fire Jason Garrett. So always, there, there was, sure it, it used to be in my show. show notes every week. In the show notes, he made sure he said it every single time. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as kind of, a, I'm a Chiefs fan, but I could see from afar. I thought Jason Garrett was just like he's he was just like okay. He just he was just all right. He was like uh, he's like he's like Mar- you know he's like Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati. Like you win games, you don't really win any playoff games. You just you just you do okay, and so it was time for them to move on. We'll see if McCarthy can do it, but I like how you said that if Dak's as good as he thinks he is in his head, because he th- he thinks he's the he I mean, thinks, I, he thinks I have, he's a forty five million dollar year guy, and I think there's only one there's only one right now, yeah. but uh, I don't know going forward we'll see. So I don't know franchise tag for Dak, so we'll see how that all plays out this year. Here's here's a message. There's, there's only there's only one star in Dallas, and unfortunately, it's not on the helmet. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I wanted to tell you a little message about uh, you know, we were talking about food, but uh, you remember JV Haney, Coach J- Coach Haney, and and Tommy Coach Thompson. Haney. I'm sure um, yep. they're out once a week driving through that part of Oklahoma, finding a different hamburger joint every week. And I think you know us in the Midwest, Mike, mean maybe need to do that through Missouri and Kansas sometime too. Just go find the best burger places. But yeah, JV's doing well. I'm in. And, and and Tommy Thompson. I, I'm, did you ever know Tommy Thompson? I, I did. Yeah. Uh, you know, Coach Haney was still doing the, the color commentary on a lot of those, especially for basketball, uh, on the radio network with with Bruce Howard, and just uh, you know listening to to JV's stories could could take a week. 
The one thing I remember about him was going to his camps as a youngster in a gym, a hot gym over on the west side of Tulsa that didn't have air conditioning. I just hated that camp. <laughs> well, uh, um, the, Jason, the funniest JV story I have involves a, a flight back from uh, San Jose, but I, I, it's not safe for airwaves. So. <laughs> Um, well, you, you know, maybe sometime when you make it to Kansas city, we can, uh, maybe if, if Whataburger's open by then, you know, maybe we can all sit down and, and have a Whataburger. Sounds good. But, uh, thank you for coming on today. We appreciate it. You know, like I said, we have a lot of coaches and, and athletes in the Kansas city area that follow our show and, you know, just some clarification things. Um, I, I like the plan that you guys have put out. I know it's very fluid, you know, so as of, you know, it was 2.30 earlier, now it's 3.15. Still, this plan's still in place. Still in place. 45 minutes so. later, that's good. There have been a couple of phone calls I haven't picked up yet. Oh, but, no. Uh, oh, no. no. We're, still, we're still sticking with it right now. Oh, yeah. hey, hey, switch over to your phone. Bring us some of that barbecue from uh, uh, the, the uh, Big Daddy's. Oh, Big Daddy? <laughs> and, yeah. and we'll, we'll keep the show going while you're going to get the food and driving down <laughs> I-70 to the old Kemper Arena, now high V Arena. Big Daddy's. I want to go. I go yeah, there, we're, we're, we're going to take a trip to Columbia and do that. Big Daddy's. Uh, yep. Big, Big Daddy's is worth it. But Columbia Smoking Fire is really good, too. Okay, right, cool. Well, you know, maybe we'll have to come I guess know, make it an overnight guess, trip. I guess one. you got to do one for lunch, one for dinner. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, the 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 kicker at Columbia Smoke and Fire is they also have mac and cheese that they implement the uh, the barbecue into. So if you're a mac, I'm allergic to mac and cheese, but oh, I'm, I'm a, I love mac and cheese. Yeah, I do too. My barbecue, I so. too. I'll get it. But uh, now, thank you again. And is there any any message you know you, you kind of want to get out there you know from yourself from from Misha about fall athletics before we let you go? You know, the, probably the, the biggest thing we want to get out there is, you know, we don't want to lead anyone. On, oh. uh, but oh. we also don't, uh, you know, we want everything to be as safe as possible. And, uh, you know, we really hope that uh, we can get the, the fall seasons in. We don't want to take that opportunity away from any of the students. Uh, I know even uh, in April uh, with the spring seasons and, you know, even when we had to cancel the, the music and the speech and debate, you know, that, that was that was really hard. Uh, you know, my my son is a musician and, uh, you know, it, it took me an hour and a half before I was even able to go home uh, and face him because uh, I was so torn up about it and having to tell him, you know, sorry, dude, we, we've got to we got to take this opportunity away from you. So that that's you know, we're, we're parents, we're administrators, you know, that's the last thing we, we want to do, uh, but we want to make as informed decisions as possible. So while it looks like we're dragging our feet and we're leading people on, uh, we, we want to make sure we have all of the information possible in, in making those decisions. Well, thanks again. And we know it's a tough spot. So um, hopefully the, the plan stays in place and, and we get to, you know, like you said, the kids get the opportunity to compete and, whatever whatever activity they choose this fall that sounds like a great thing all right well thanks again and thanks jason we'll talk to you later thanks guys anytime all right all right, Boom. All right. great conversation uh with jason west again he was the communications director for misha and we were just uh going over some things from the 
statement they released on July 15th that uh, applies to fall sports in the state of Missouri and how they're going to work. So, you know, um, thanks to him for coming on. And uh, hopefully if, if any of you coaches or parents out there uh, had questions, hopefully we got them answered. Hopefully. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We, we yeah, went we through was, a lot. Yeah, so, I mean, like I was saying, it was, it was nice for him to take the time uh, just to clarify anything, um, anything you can think of. Because, I mean, it's a lot of – it's a lot of rules, a lot, a lot you know, it's, a, it's eight page, I think it was an eight-page document. There's a lot of information on there, so it's nice to be able to say, hey, this bullet point right here, uh, would you mind going over it more? And he was more mm-hmm. than happy to do that, so that was really cool. Um, overall, a lot of good information, and actually, it sounded like Missouri's got a good plan going on right now, so I, I like it. They do, uh, you know. As of 315. Yeah. And, or 320. Yeah, you know, obviously with, you know, Keisha, they're meeting uh, – here in about 40 minutes to discuss fall sports. So I'm hoping that by the end of the week, they, they have a, a plan out that will be similar to, you know, Missouri's or, you know, maybe more specific to Kansas, but um, they have not released a plan as of yet. So, well, in, in depending on your schedules and, 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 and uh, the uh, person that handles media over at Kisha, um, Hoping to have them on next week. Yeah. Hopefully. Okay, yeah, cool. You know, we, we thought about kind of doing a, a dual show with both of them, but, you know, the, the fact that Kisha had not released anything, you know, they, they wouldn't have had as much to talk about um, since it's not public yet. Okay. I mean, I'm sure they have several drafts that have been floating around their offices yeah. through email. But what was it? What was the thing we were talking about the Kansas governors rolling back to phase two? What was that? Uh, yeah. So that. she said something about if, if, she didn't feel people were following the mask order numbers so numbers and numbers, following n- yeah and so she's thinking about going back to phase two which would close bars and restaurants and she'll announce that monday what was the if she decides if bars and restaurants were closed for phase two what was phase one everything 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 was shut down yeah pretty much oh, it'd be okay but it'd be restaurants still doing and we'd go down carry out or whatever was it 25 or was it I can't remember 15. the exact number. It was a lower number. I know. Yeah, and it's a lower number of people that can be in a in an establishment, which obviously that wouldn't affect you on the Missouri side. No, nah, we'd be good. I um, mean, we're still really we're actually doing a little bit stricter than what we're supposed to. I think. Uh, I think. I think you know you get a little companies get a little worried about a potential lawsuit happening if someone gets sick in your restaurant and you're not following protocols like really hard mm-hmm. and so we we actually and the thing is actually we're as far as like margin goes we're actually making more money having less people inside because we get to, we get to do less cooks but then we have like to goes are like insane yeah and we make more money on that so actually we're doing we're actually doing really well so i mean as yeah, so, but if we roll it back that would definitely affect that definitely would affect us so like I said, I haven't heard anything in Missouri, so I was curious yeah, what I don't Kansas think, was doing. Yeah, I don't think Missouri has really talked about that. Um, we do, you know, but you know, you you live over in Western Wyoming County, but there's, yeah. a brewery, there's a brewery down here in the West Bottoms we could go to if it if you know that's not that far from your house in Kansas on the Missouri oh yeah no nah, we'll, so we're good yeah we'll we'll be all right just wear your mask figure um, out something but yeah so <laughs> we we talked about the Royals at the beginning and they're two and two so hey. That's that's a good start, right? Could have been could have been worse. Friday night's game was pretty brutal to watch. I thought uh, Duffy pitched well. I didn't get yeah, I didn't get to see it. Um, Duffy pitched well early, and then Matheny pulled him out, and we immediately gave up two runs. 
forgot who came in, but so that was not good. Um, you know, so a lot of people on Twitter were questioning taking Duffy out when he did. You know, maybe he could have left him in a little bit. Maybe he would have got out of the jam. Maybe he would have gave up the two runs, and then people are like, you know, why did he leave him in? When he pulled him out, what was he? Was he jammed? Two, two guys on base. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what inning was it? It was the fifth. So he pitched, I think, four and a quarter or four and three quarters, yeah, something if like it's that. Fit, if it's, yeah, it's fifth inning, and you got two, you got two guys on, and it's still a 0-0 game. I could see, I mean, depending on how the out-bats went, I could see, I could see doing that. Yeah. Plus, Duffy is like – Mega like streaky, so like he's hot, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh crap!" and then it just gives up like yeah. four like I runs. Said, so. Twitter, Twitter warriors were game one roasting. Yeah, it was <laughs> they roasted game one. them game one. Come back, nice game two. Lose. Wait, is that right? Come back. They won game, nice two, game two on Saturday. Lose game three. Lose game three, and then, and then last they night, won last night. Bombs. Actually, tied a franchise record last night of home runs. Six home runs in a game. Salvi's hitting bombs, man. Who was who was talking about? It was you talking about you thought Salvi was gonna have a, a, a comeback season. I, I, I somebody may have mentioned that somebody but, was was talking to was like they he, felt like Salvi was he gonna, knew he was itching. Season. He knew yeah. he was itching. Because yeah, he was gonna be ready to go. Yeah, so his rehab, like his rehab from last year, go really nice, and he was he got mm-hmm. the rehab at home. He actually got quarantined, so he got the train at home. And I bet you know what I mean. He's like he's ready to roll. So he came out. He looks really really good. So here's the, that's nice to see. Here's a big Royals question. Okay, five hundred right now. Right. Right. Yep. Batting five hundred right now. Pre Mahomes five hundred, post Mahomes, what's it gonna be? They're, they're it, not gonna lose. Okay, again. so if you guys are baseball players, Whoa. what? <laughs> if you guys are baseball players for the Royals and you hear that news today, what does that do to your mindset? Does that? I mean, are you? Not, I honestly uh, think it doesn't change for the I, professional I'd athlete. I'd be excited. I'd be excited. I'd be like, man, this depending is on great. how old, like maybe how old you are, like if, like Gordo will probably be like, that's cool. Yeah, but like a young guy on the team, like a twenty two year old pitcher. What's this twenty four year old? Out making money and buying teams that I want to buy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was scoring. I was like, "What the heck did I do? I should I should play football." Because <laughs> <laughs> um, no one says it. But I mean, baseball I, contracts are better though. Baseball contracts for yes, they are better. It is fully guaranteed. Really cool, fully guaranteed. Got to play that. more games. Big time. I think it is cool. It's a great PR move by the Royals, and it's a really good move by Mahomes. It's a it's a win win. We're I talking mean, about it, aren't we? Yeah. Breaking yeah. news here. Uh, Major League Baseball did postpone all Marlins games through Sunday after the recent coronavirus outbreak. So just Marlins? And it impacts the schedules of the Yankees, Orioles, and Phillies. Okay. Well, and, and I did hear on another network today that some of those boys were being bad, whether it was going to the beach or going to a pub or whatever. Uh-oh. So, guys, if you're, if you're a Major League player listening in tonight, today on to this show – do what you're supposed to do at any level. Do what you're supposed to do yeah. because if you don't, the NFL's already said pretty much if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're you're gonna you weren't you know we're gonna kick you out as a player. Yeah, I, the NFL's a little different with the travel though because they don't I mean, have as many games. Yeah, they, and you're not going to a city for four or five days. No, they're trying. They're you tr- know, you're you're really going for about twenty four hours. But but it's what you do when you go home after practice. Yeah, that, that that's what they're talking about. If if you're if you're not, you've almost got to quarantine during the season yourself from your family and the rest of the world if you want to get a full season in. Yeah, I mean, don't be dumb. Don't. Be I dumb. did see a deal. Uh, a couple a couple of New England guys opted out of their, opted yeah. out of playing this. They could, so you can do that. You can opt out of playing. 
yep. for the year. Now the New England Patriots have $22 million of cap space. Here's, here's one you'll care, <laughs> they might care do about, something Gary. with it. I don't know. They're trying to go get Trevor Lawrence next year. Tank for Lawrence. Do you think Belichick encouraged them to opt out? Or he's just like, they opted out, I'm not going to replace him. Uh, I don't think he discouraged them. Probably not. I don't know. Anyway, here's one you'll That's care about. What's that? Just saw a story where from one of the health departments, uh, from one of the, where they had a prom this past weekend in graduation. Yeah, zero cases, right? No, no, two cases at the prom, and so now that we'll see. I yeah, mean, I mean it, it's crazy. Um, there's those stories out there all the time. Um, you just hope that doesn't really explode into that. Yeah. Yeah, um, hope not. But uh, got to thank our sponsor, DJ Showtime. Um, 816-260-2056. I saw him, I think it was like in Omaha or something this last weekend. I saw on his yeah, Snapchat he, story. He wasn't DJing though, was he? No, I think he was just up there hanging his out. His brother was. Yeah. His brother was. His brother was. But he he, uh, he did pay his bill, so, you know. He's back. We're back on talking. Back. Really, we were talking, we used to talk, you know, pretty – you know, a little positive, a little negative. Now it's all positive. Yeah. So, so, number one guy right there. Yeah, check him out. Uh, DJ KC Showtime on Instagram. Um, Jim, you got anything else? Austin, you got anything else? Nope. Touched on everything. Yeah. NFL's getting closer. Let's I'm go ready. Royals. Yeah. yeah. Let's go Royals. Oh, hey, real quick. Do you have the – did you – was it you that bet, Joey? Yes, I, I did. Too. I, I did, did too. Make a right after you did, he's Five talking bucks. all this trash, and I said, I'm betting you too. Oh, so you I, did too? Yes, it's the right. same. It's the same bet I have on Bovada, right? The twenty-four and a half. Yeah, twenty-four and a half. Got the over, baby. We're gonna get it. They played six ten tonight. I mean, they well, they've already won two games. Hey, quit right? promoting that. Tonight. They've already won two out of four. I mean, and go. they got to win twenty-five. They only got to win twenty-three more games. I'm having a big event. I'm hey, when they're gonna hit that twenty-fifth game, we're, we're we're doing a watch party. We're we're gonna do a watch. Oh, watch party. Yeah, Mike we're Tyson. Watch party. Mike, Mike Tyson's Tyson. fighting. Hey. He's fighting Roy Jones Jr. I one, I would be scared to go against him anyway because I was around during the ear scenario whenever he bit yeah. somebody's ear off. But that dude is fierce. Yeah, have you seen the new videos of him? Yes, he, he looks, looks good. he looks really good. So. He's, he looks like a veteran brain in a young man's body. You know, that's uh, it looks almost funny. You, you see this guy, and then all of a sudden he he looks like he looks more sculpted now than he did when he was in his twenties. He's in good, great shape. Yeah, so I think that's going to be awesome. That's September twelfth, I think. Yeah. Uh, pay-per-view. So we need to get I'm, a blow up I think Tyson. I think Tyson uh, knocks out Jones round six. What do you What do you think it would cost to have this party on the upper deck? There's five thousand seats. We could get a blow up screen, put seats on the eight courts that are up there. What do you think that would cost us to show that pay-per-view? <laughs> you know, I don't even want it. I don't know. I don't we know. Gotta, we gotta let's, go. Uh, let's go borrow the money from let's, somebody. Let's talk about it off air. Set something up. We'll call Mr. Hy-Vee. Yeah, that would some money. cost. Stay tuned. Hey, We'd have to give a lot of money up. Yeah, stay tuned. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm Gary. This is Austin. We're Midwest Mikes, and Ryan's behind the scenes, making us look and sound oh. good. Jim chiming in. Want to wish Ryan a happy graduation next week. That's oh, right. Yeah. Next week, happy, happy graduation. graduation. Northwest Missouri State, right? Bearcats. Bearcats. Boom. Go Bearcats. My buddy Tony was in town last weekend. He's a Bearcat. But, yeah. Want Very to thank, cool. Anyway. Want so, yes, to thank, thank Ryan you, Ryan. for coming on. You've done a great job. Now go find a real job. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're Midwest Mikes, and we'll be back on the U next week.
Bingo. You join us on the hollowed turf of our back garden. Sean, 13, is attempting to break his keepy-uppy record, unbeaten for the last two years. Looking good, Sean. Three more to go. Oh, no! Pitch invader. Late drama here as he's stolen the ball. Adidas Trexit and trainers from Littlewoods, Ireland. <sighs> Own goal by Buster. Shop the brands you love at littlewoodsireland.ie Life admin. Yep. It even sounds boring. No wonder it goes on the long finger. But when you do get round to it, a good place to start is by reviewing your mortgage. You really never know if there's a better option unless you look into it. That's where the Ulster Bank Mortgage Team could help. Wherever you bank, get in touch and find out about switching your mortgage to us. Just search Ulster Bank Switch. Ulster Bank. Help for what matters. Over 18s only. Ulster Bank Ireland DAC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah. They were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto. El tren no para. Mensaje de Nitzel. 